Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number one of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. I'm just wondering when the music's actually going to start fading out. There we go. Yay. It does rock, though. Anyway, freetalklive.com is where you want to go. Lots of features. We give them all away. Those other radio uh, talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. We do it all for free, and we do it better at freetalklive.com. So, Wayne, did you hear that uh, Pennsylvania was without a government for a day? Wow. Did you hear about that? They were better off, and they didn't even know it. Well, they they weren't without the entire government, but they did manage to shut down a whole bunch of uh, functions that weren't critical functions. Um, And I I always love talking about these stories when they pop up from time to time, because they happen all across the country occasionally. One state government will reach some sort of a budget impasse. Uh, They legislators can't agree with one another over what the budget should be for the next year, and so they shut down the state um, as a result of that. And it happened this week in Pennsylvania. Uh, but it's it's over now. The government's back online. Thousands of state workers who were sent home, this according to uh, The Guardian in the U.K., who were sent home without pay in Pennsylvania were allowed to return to their jobs Tuesday, a day after the governor and legislators hammered out a budget deal. Nearly 24,000 government employees were furloughed for a day, and state parks, state-run museums, and driver's license offices closed during a partisan deadlock that held up a state spending plan nine days into the new fiscal year. And the story goes on to, you know, quote some politicians and blab about budget numbers and that sort of thing. But what I found interesting was that they chose to close the driver's license offices. Oh, Russell would love that, huh? Well, you know, it makes me wonder, I mean, how critical... I guess they don't consider driver's licenses a critical service to the people of Pennsylvania because they kept, you know, the ambulances online, they kept the police departments online, but... Driver's licenses, what would have happened, in theory now, because some of these shutdowns have lasted for, as I think, as much as a week in some states. What would happen if, in theory, government shut down, and it took them a long while to get back on board? What if it took you know, several months for them to actually come back online, and the driver's license offices were closed for that period of time? Is Is that basically saying that, what would what I mean, I I'm, I'm, even, I'm even having trouble uh, creating a question here because do you or do you not have the right to travel? If you do have the right to travel, then you shouldn't have to ask permission. But we all know that the government demands that everyone ask permission because otherwise they're going to pull you over on the road. Well, they they don't consider that traveling. They consider that operating a motor vehicle, which they consider different from traveling, which would be walking or riding a bike or something. That's true. There are different legal definitions here. Uh, But regardless, even if you believe you're traveling, they believe you're operating a motor vehicle, and they're going to arrest you and throw you in a jail cell, as our friend Russell Canning found out. But if you must ask for permission in order to operate a motor vehicle on the roads, and the driver's license office is closed, and it's not going to open tomorrow or the next day or the next day, and you don't know when it's going to open, are you stuck walking, or... At the point that the driver's license office is no longer going to be open, do you then have the ability to operate a motor vehicle without the state's permission? I'm sure if my, let's say my driver's license expired at the end of last month and the the office was closed since then and I get pulled over, 
even if even if the police officer arrests me or gives me a ticket, I'm sure I've got a pretty good case in court that I tried to go down there and it was closed because of this budget impasse. And um, I think I'd probably have a good shot, even though I'd waste a lot of time. But uh, it just depends on how long. Now, if they're only going to be closed down for a few days, I think that's why they probably considered it non-essential, wouldn't you say? Maybe, maybe so. I just found it interesting that they chose that to uh, to shut down the deal. Apparently, they reached some sort of an agreement. It means there's a restoration of state services, putting thousands of highway maintenance workers back on the job during the height of road work season. Uh, the closures left many th- uh, Pennsylvanians seething, including Kay George of Philadelphia, who had to leave Black Mashannon State Park when it was closed on Monday. She said, I don't care about getting my money back. I just want my vacation, as she put her canoe atop her SUV. Despite the partial shutdown, such critical services as state police, emergency response, etc., were uh, left operating. The 23,000-plus employees that were on furlough lost wages of $3.5 million, according to the Office of Administration. And uh, let's see. Apparently, it was all over a budget surplus. So they had a surplus of something like six hundred and fifty million dollars. Apparently, that was an issue. Like, yeah, they, they had to figure out a way to spend it, <laughs> as opposed to saying, you know what, we're going to go ahead and give it back to you guys, or cut taxes for this year because right. we've got this extra money. But you know, most of these most of these state and local governments are, are scrambling for more money. And what they forget is that they should be looking at the federal government for for watering down our money. You You mean with the inflation? Yeah, you hear about all these states saying, oh, we're going to have to rearrange our tax structure because we don't have enough money for education or this or that. Nothing is ever going to be enough as long as you have an unstable currency. I really wonder sometimes. I mean, everybody on Free Talk Live understands the currency issue. And a lot of our listeners understand it after we've talked about it a handful of times. But, But of most Americans and most politicians... And all politicians, what percentage of them actually has a grasp on that issue? It can't be very big. Yeah, you know, I've talked to different bureaucrats and politicians about it in the past. I've always kind of run across them, and and they kind of get this glazed look in their eyes. And I think there's some who know about it. I I think a lot of high-ranking senators know about it, but they Mm -hmm. don't care because they want to steal your money. But the lower-level ones don't really understand it. They're all caught up in the... uh, uh, all, all the partisanship of, of uh, I want to spend it on this, you want to spend it on that, I believe in this kind of tax, you believe in that kind of tax, without realizing what the nature of all taxes are and, right. or, or they the don't nature care. of real money. Right, as you pointed out, it's not, their, uh, it's not in their best interest to care about that sort of thing. They, they're more interested in how to spend the money they've confiscated from people and who to give the favors to and who to punish. Yeah. That's, who they're, that's what they're busy thinking about during their day. Well, that's right. And what that does is that divides society up into aggressors and victims. And, and really, I, I don't want to be either. I want to be a self-actualizing person who doesn't need the government to, uh, to support me, who can do things on their own and be as self-sufficient and empowering as possible. I'm with you on that one. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free cycle CAI line. Also, uh, on the way here, we need to discuss this so-called increased risk of al-Qaeda. They're th- the terrorists are filtering into the country, apparently, despite all of the billions and billions of dollars the federal government has spent on so-called keeping us secure. That's right. Uh, Michael Chertoff, who is the head of uh, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, was, I guess, speaking about this issue today. And according to Newsday.com, he said, quote, I believe we're entering a period this summer of increased risk. Summertime appears to be seems to be appealing to them. 
We do worry they're rebuilding their activities. Still, Chertoff said there aren't enough indications of an imminent plot to raise the current threat levels nationwide, as he indicated that his remarks are based on a gut feeling formed by past seasonal patterns of terrorist attacks, recent al-Qaeda statements, and intelligence that he didn't feel like disclosing. There is an assessment of, quote, not of a specific threat, but of increased vulnerability, he added. Really? The country has more vulnerability now than it did in 2001 or more now than it did a few years ago? Haven't they been increasing spending dramatically? Haven't they been increasing security protocols? Aren't the airports stricter than they've ever been? And safer? Allegedly. That's the Allegedly. allegation. We don't, I mean, you and I don't believe they're any safer. No, they've got the puffer machines and the x-ray machines and they've right. got all that... All those new toys in the airports but apparently should be safer. Vulnerability has increased, according to this guy. Well, I mean, if, maybe if we stop poking uh, sticks at rattlesnakes in the Middle East and leave them alone, they'll stop wanting to attack us. There have been reports already that suggest intelligence warnings at a similar level to the summer before September 11, 2001, and that al-Qaeda may be mobilizing. In recent days, ABC News reported that a secret law enforcement report prepared for Homeland Security warns that al-Qaeda is preparing a spectacular summer attack. That almost sounds positive, doesn't it? The word spectacular almost sounds like something you want to see happen. Yeah, it also sounds, it stinks to high heaven as far as I'm concerned. What do you mean? Well, because, you know, they know they're losing the public opinion battle over the Iraq war, over terrorism, over all these uh, eavesdropping uh, incidents that are happening. And they've got, to, they've got to stoke up the fear again. 800-259-9231. And the most effective thing to stoke up fear would be another attack. And there have actually been Republican people that have come out and, and supporters of the administration that have come out and literally said they think that that should happen to America. More on the way. We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne? You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features totally free, and those features include the wiki. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you for free. Wiki.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And did you know that 9 out of 10 lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that KeepYourAssets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. We're talking about this uh, so-called increased terror threat or increased vulnerability, uh, in, according to the words of the chief of Homeland Security, Michael Chertoff, one of the scariest-looking men that I think I've ever seen. He's saying that uh, apparently America is now more vulnerable than ever before. He's saying that he has a gut feeling that something's going to happen sometime soon, that Al-Qaeda might be preparing a spectacular attack, uh, that there may be an Al-Qaeda cell here in the country. He says, quote, we could easily be attacked. Really? All of the security increases and the, the billions of dollars in spending, and, and apparently nothing's changed. Uh, apparently we're wide open. Cover your heads. Crawl under the desk. You know what's this most... Is- yeah, I was going to say, it's just pathetic. Well, what's most amazing about it is that 
they're going to come out with this. He's coming out with this opinion saying things like, well, we could easily be attacked. We're very vulnerable here in this country. And then there's another, uh, I guess, classified report that was released apparently today where U.S. intelligence analysts have concluded Al-Qaeda has rebuilt its operating uh, capability to a level not seen since just before the September 11th terrorist attacks. So what they're going to do is they're going to say, oh, no, Americans, we're, we're very vulnerable. Al-Qaeda is back to as strong as it's been since September 11th, and we need more money f- uh, funneled into the Department of Homeland Security in order to keep you safe. But wait a minute. Most, I, I would hope that people that are paying even a little bit of attention to this would make the connection to say, wait. More money hasn't solved the problem. They've increased the budgets tremendously. They've increased the so-called security tremendously. And they haven't gotten any results. According to their own words, al-Qaeda is as strong as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And the country is more vulnerable than ever. Well, it's either more money or Patriot Act too. One of the, one of the two or both. What, what do you mean? Well, there, there are. you think there aren't uh, even more... Um, uh, egregious laws than the Patriot Act on the books. Or, oh yeah, or, or being but that will require more money yes. in order to do a Patriot Act too. I'm, when I yeah. say they need more money, that means expanding programs and making uh, more intrusions. Thank you for clarifying that. They they need more programs, more security, more of your taxpayer dollars, and then the Al Qaeda threat can truly be put down. Then the vulnerability will be reduced. But who's to say that's going to be the case? Uh, according to what they've done so far, they haven't had any effect. According to what they've done so far with your money, with your taxpayer dollars, with all the inconveniences that we now have to deal with at the airports, with now people crossing the border having to have a passport now in the United States. I mean, these are just a couple of the areas. He goes on to talk about how he thinks that Chicago's so great for putting cameras all over its city. I mean, just all these increases in so-called security have done nothing. They're admitting it, and yet no one's going to call them on it. No one, except for people like Free Talk Live, is going to call them on the carpet. Well, that's right. And they're not also failing to mention that they're the ones who armed bin Laden to begin with. Al-Qaeda started from ta- U.S. taxpayer dollars. Saddam Hussein was armed by the United States to fight Iran in the Iran-Iraq war. So who are we fooling here? Well, they also know that Americans are pretty much ignorant of that history, that Americans aren't aware of all of those things, and they get away with it. Americans can't even remember what happened four weeks ago. I mean, they they don't be... even remember when the 9-11 attacks were. 30% uh, of, of Americans, that, I mean, it's not a scientific survey, but some guys went on the, the streets of New York City and filmed people, and 30% of the people they filmed didn't know when the 9-11 attacks were. For all we know, Bin Laden could be, that guy could be an actor. And they could have shot all this footage of him over the years, and then just they played on TV once in a while, and they talk about Bin Laden. It's all so silly. I'm not saying that's the case, but you know, it, it, see, the media is very powerful at, at, at presenting images and, and, and manipulating the public, mm-hmm. and the, and any, almost anything can be can be done with with uh, television and with with just like you watch a movie and, and you get engrossed in a movie for two hours and you think it's real. Well, what do you think uh, uh, t- television news is today? It's a good point. Propaganda. I mean, it's a little conspiratorial, but it's also plausible at the same time. I mean, there was a report that came out recently that listed all the awful things that the CIA has done in many cases to um, uh, to American people. Is it totally implausible that they might engage in some sort of psychological uh, manipulation in that way? Oh, I think they've been studying this stuff for years. The KGB has studied it. The CIA has studied it. A lot of the things that you're seeing now and you've been seeing in the last 20 years uh, in television news, quote-unquote, is is basically the culmination of a lot of this research and experimentation on human behavior. Listen to where Chertoff goes with uh, with his speech here 
And uh, the, the news report again from Newsday.com. Resistance has built as well, said Chertoff, from business and travel interests blocking his proposals to tighten security at the borders, especially at the crossings with Canada. Hmm, gee, you think that might be a bit of an inconvenience for the truckers moving products uh, across borders for the people engaging in commerce between the United States, Canada, and the U.S. and Mexico? I can totally understand their concerns. They don't want to be inconvenienced. They don't want to have their costs increased because that means that they have to raise their costs to the consumers. I mean, there's all kinds of economic reasons to oppose these things beyond the, uh, the personal freedom issues of being hassled and asked for your papers. But here's what he says. In the end, Chertoff argued, Americans must soon decide between enduring greater inconvenience and costs or allowing terrorists easier access to the borders. There's the setup right there. He warned against increasing resistance to security measures based on comfort and self-centered motives. Quote, if you get to complacency, then I guarantee you we will lose the race with the terrorists. Really? Really. Well, what are you going to win if you win the race? And when will the race be over with the terrorists? Never. What are the, what are the parameters surrounding this race? Not until we're complete serfs. If you, uh, he says, a recent terror plot in London has America's defense system on alert. He urged Americans to be attentive if something appears suspicious. Quote, if you look at that picture and you see an enemy that's improving itself just as we're improving ourselves, they can't afford to remain static just as we can't afford to remain static. On a local level, Chertoff cited Chicago's technologically savvy police department and its use of street corner blue-lighted cameras as a blueprint for strong homeland security. He says, I think the use of cameras here and other technologies is a model for our country. You know what? I think Switzerland is a model that should be uh, a model for our country. What do you mean? Well, every, they don't have an army. They are the army. Everyone is well now. Everyone Switzerland forces everyone into the military there. I don't think that's an appropriate model either. No, no, that isn't. But if everybody were to, uh, uh, if firearms were more accepted in this country, especially among law-abiding citizens, uh, that would take a, a big threat out of terrorism too. And why didn't they just arm the pilots after 9/11? I mean, they strengthened the uh, the uh, cockpit doors, but why couldn't they just arm the pilots? A lot of the pilots were have military experience. They know how to fire guns. They could have put the bullets in there that wouldn't penetrate the fuselage. Case over. Why do we need the, the Department of Homeland Security, and why do we need, um, uh, what's the other agency I'm losing? Um, I don't know. They're all yeah. bad. I'm ABC, Alphabet Soup yeah, agencies whatever. are all the same to me. It, 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 the solutions are, are far simpler than they're, than they're letting on. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, maybe a little bit more about Chertoff. Uh, Dan in Michigan's got some comments as well. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. So you've got the government admitting here that they're completely impotent. That they can't get anything done in regards to security, but yet they want more control. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, totally free. And those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to Dan in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Dan. 
Hello, I wanted to talk about uh, traffic enforcement. Yes, sir. I didn't mean to change the subject on you. No, that's all right. It's Free Talk Live. What's on your mind, Dan? Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, they're worried about teenager driving, you know. Uh, you know the new laws recently passed in some states about the teenager driving? No, I'm not fr- I'm not familiar. What are you all referring right. to? Uh, one speeding ticket is loss of license for 60 days. Whoa, okay. Yeah. I so think they're that, really cracking down on teens. They then, are. They are, indeed. Um, and I think also drunk driving, uh, I think that's one of the things that they're focusing on way too much. Okay. Because we all know what the two worst types of drivers are. I mean, it goes without saying, right? Like Who's that? Old people and Asians. Oh, come uh, on. Thanks for the call, Dan. 800-259-9231. We've had a few callers just spewing hatred uh, in the past couple nights here on Free Talk Live, and um, I don't think there's actually any statistics to back that claim up. Oh, I agree. I think older people drive slower, but that's safer. Now, if what he's saying is true, that there really are these laws that are um, making it so that kids lose their license at, for 60 days after getting one speeding ticket, that's almost like zero tolerance. Uh, kids can make mistakes. It's it's easy to speed, especially when you don't know what the speed limit is. You turn onto a road and there's no speed limit sign. You just sort of roll the dice as to whether or not you're doing the right uh, right amount of speed. I mean, it's... It's not a hard thing to do to get caught for speeding in America, and to to yank a kid's license for sixty days could be could be a bit of an inconvenience. I mean, a lot of young people work at at sixteen and seventeen, and if they're working across town at a night shift and there's no bus that they can take or something like that, or mom and dad are busy working too, you just that kid's just lost his job. Yeah, because I agree. of this. So and that also puts a burden on his parents, but that gets that gets a little too far. They're trying to show that they're tough on crime, but you have to be fair too. So, yeah, I don't think that's fair at all. And, uh, look, find the kids some money and give them a warning or whatever, but to take their license away, to try and teach them a lesson, that's just going to make them hate the state. That's all that's going to do, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. 800-259-9231. So back to the uh, the Homeland Security issue with uh, this Michael Chertoff talking about how the public is going to have to make choices, he said. Is as though you and I are actually going to make any choices in regards to what the government does about uh, security. I would much rather ha- have had him say, you know, just be more aware because it's summertime, the weather's warm, more people are outside, there might be some areas targeted. You know, keep your eyes open type thing. But when he starts talking in terms of, of we need to grab more power because to, to make you safe, I get a little suspicious of that. Here's what he says. Uh, If border crossings aren't tightened with stricter document regulation because of economic oppositions from business interests, then Chertoff predicts dire consequences. Quote, what do you think's going to happen to your business when a guy comes across the border with a phony document and blows up a target in Buffalo or Detroit? He asked, do you think the American public is then going to allow the border to remain open? Well, what about the guys who are already here? That might blow things up. What about Timothy McVeigh, for instance? He didn't cross any borders to get here. He was born and raised right here in America. And he blew up uh, the government building in Oklahoma City. Well, what do you propose to do about that? That's what they say. What, what, what are you pr- pr- presuming that's true? What do you propose to do about that? Your border controls aren't going to stop those attacks. So then we're just going to have checkpoints in the streets, which he doesn't suggest in this article because there hasn't been a terrorist attack to sort of set up that as a, uh, you know, a, a possibility. I say the, the, it's a simple answer to that, too, is that we have to start being good neighbors around the world. 
and we have to start creating more win-win situations in our in our own lives and and also at a national and state level. And then we're not going to have these enemies. There will be security repercussions from Congress's failure to pass immigration reform, according to Chertoff. He hoped granting a path to citizenship to illegal immigrants would cut away the tall grass, hiding criminal elements among the undocumented workers. But now, he said, his agency must uphold current laws, and that means a further crackdown on workplaces. He said, quote, we're going to do more law enforcement actions. He conceded that the raids are going to be ugly and tear parents from their children who wonder why they haven't returned from work, as we've reported on several of these raids, these awful, awful, uh, just disgusting raids that are literally separating children from parents. And a lot of these people are Mexican uh, immigrants, undocumented. They're not terrorists. I mean, is it that hard to tell the difference between a a young Arab man bent on killing people and and, and people from Mexico who are trying to make a living? Is it that hard? Chertoff warned, quote, the consequences are going to be tough from an economic and humanitarian standpoint. Screw you. Screw your business freedom. Screw your employees. We're coming in guns a-blazing. Yeah. That's what's going to be happening to more businesses around the country because these people own you. You don't own your own business. You think you've got autonomy. You think you have the ability to make decisions and hire who you want to hire and fire who you want to. Sorry, no. Uh, that that whole uh, misconception will just be washed away the day the ICE squad kicks in your front door and demands to see your files and holds all of your employees hostage while they check everybody out. This is an America you want to live in? Who Who in their right mind would really want this in their country? Welcome to the new Soviet Union. It's getting there, Wayne. We're really, I mean, we're pretty much... On the cusp of being that, exactly. It's like, a, it's like a race to the finish line right now between the forces of freedom and the forces of oppression and totalitarianism. Noting that he was disappointed in Congress's failure to pass a bill, Chertoff singled out some bureaucrats. Uh, letters released Tuesday from one of their offices reveal a bickering back and forth between Chertoff and the senators and blah, 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 blah. Final quote from him, quote, We have done a lot to degrade the enemy's capability, but the enemy has also done a lot to retool its capability. It leads me to feel we ought to be more vigilant, which once again translates into we need more government programs, we need to expand existing government programs, we need increased security, we need more inconveniences. He even, you know, terms it inconvenience up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As and though he's going to be inconvenienced by anything. And he he's, won't. He's got we, private planes and stuff to fly around in. That's right. When he says we need to be more vigilant, he means we the government, not we the American people, we the people as individuals. So he said they've done a lot to degrade the enemy's capability, but at the same time they've done a lot to retool their capability. So what exactly have you done, Michael Chertoff? Well, if they it sounds all... like a whole lot of nothing to me. Oh, yeah. If they have all these camps, you can see them from satellites. You can, you can blow them up whenever you want. What are we talking about here? Come on. They can, they can read the time off your wristwatch from a satellite in outer space, and they can't find these people before they come here? Yeah, apparently they have been completely useless at actually doing anything in regards to Al-Qaeda. They must have been completely useless. This whole last six years of uh, increased government, of drastically... I mean, the state has increased at at such a a dramatic clip in the last several years. All of this increasing of the state has, according to them, their own words, done absolutely nothing to increase your safety. And now they want more power? Are are the American people really going to fall for it again and again? How much further is it going to have to go? How much worse is it going to have to get before most Americans have had enough? How much more? How many more inconveniences are you willing to put up with? That's what I'd like to hear. 800-259-9231, because you know how bad it is in the airports. It's pretty bad there. The bureaucrats are very officious. 
very in your face. They've got attitudes. They treat you like cattle. Do you want that in the roads? Do you want the random roadblocks in your city? Because seems to me to be the next logical extension. Well, the airlines can't be doing as well as they would be if they didn't have all that baloney going on in the airports. No, uh, their revenues are down, as I understand it. Yeah. International travel is down by a factor of something like 17 to 20 percent. So people are just throwing in the towel on uh, visiting the United States, whether it be for business or, or pleasure. They're just deciding to have their meetings in other countries, and they're deciding to go to other countries to vacation and that sort of thing. No one wants to deal with this crap, and it's only going to get worse. According to this guy, it's only going to get worse. And most Americans are completely oblivious to it. Either they're oblivious to it, or they're totally resigned to it. Either they don't know that it's going on, or they know that it's going on, and they don't feel like they can do anything to change it, or that they feel like it's necessary in order to keep them safe, even though, according to them, it's not doing anything to keep them safe. I mean, this is just nutso. Disney can't be happy about this. 800-259-9231. Disney. I want you to explain that coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. 800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features are totally free on the site, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and shop with us at store.freetalklive.com. We've got lots of Free Talk Live branded merchandise and even some merchandise that doesn't have our logo on it. We just think it's uh, it's pretty cool, like the Free Marketeer t-shirt and Free Marketeer flags. Take a look at it all at store.freetalklive.com and place your order. Once again, that's store.freetalklive.com. Now, you had said something before we went to break, Wayne, that I thought deserved a little bit more explanation because I found it a little uh, strange. We were talking about uh, this crackdown on security by the government. You said Disney's not going to be too pleased. Well, yeah, Disney uh, relies on foreign tourists for a lot of their business. Uh, Think about the hundreds of millions of dollars that are spent by, by foreign tourists every year in this country. Not just Disney, other other theme parks, sure. other tourist attractions. They don't. They're not going to want to come here and deal with that crap. In fact, they aren't. They uh, aren't. The, the statistics show they're dropping off. They're not coming to the United States. They're going elsewhere around the world. And I, yeah, okay. Now, now it makes sense. You're right about that because I know when I was living in Florida, I sure as hell wasn't interested in paying seventy five dollars to go to Disney World. Let alone, and I didn't have to go through all the uh, the awful airport security in order to do that. That's right. But a lot of tourists from foreign countries hear so much about Disney World, they want to go see it at least once. But there there are plenty of other tourist attractions here as well. You know, f- this this fear stuff, uh, this fear monger. All it does is make people contract and not want to take risks, not want to spend money, not want to start new businesses, uh, not want to innovate. And it, it basically, I couldn't think of a better blueprint to destroy an economy. Well, even Michael Chertoff, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, admitted in his uh, speech that there are going to be some economic implications here. He, he understands that, and he doesn't care. Well, I think the economy is, is a house of cards as it is right now. And and this could be the final death blow. I, I, they've been trying to keep us out of a recession for a long time with all the funny money, but I don't know how they're going to do it this time. Well, the more they pump it up, the more dangerous it gets, right? Yes, exactly. They have to pump about $7 of funny money in the system now to get $1 of gross domestic product. That That's crazy. That's how inefficient the, the whole economy has become. And some people are saying that the, you know, the crash has already started, that we, it's already begun. We just haven't really figured it out yet. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. But if you look at the numbers in manufacturing, we're already in a depression. Uh, you look at all the layoffs in Detroit, for example. 
Detroit's you know, a mess. It's a total mess. And, and, and I, would, I would place that squarely on the shoulders of the federal government, because why is, De- why is Detroit having so much trouble competing in, in the, the global auto market? Well, a lot of it is, is what's known as legacy costs. What's that mean? Well, uh, retirement and, and health care. And, and, you know, retirement has is, is gotten so expensive because of the in- unstable currency that's always being debased. Health care is also expensive because, A, you've got a, an unstable currency and because you've got um, basically uh, all these um, uh, mercantilist uh, special interests who mandate the use of their expensive patented products in health care. And, and that ties in with the automotive industry? Oh, know? absolutely, because they, they're having trouble competing, building cars here, because they have to provide health care and retirement I for see. their employees. And that's the part, that's the component that makes them uncompetitive. Well, now somebody's going to say, well, Wayne, I mean, don't you care about people? Don't you think uh, employees should have these things? Don't, I mean, well, you sound heartless, Wayne. No, I'm not trying to say, you're, you're, good point, and I'm glad you brought that up. I want to clarify that. I believe that everybody should have health care and, and a retirement. However, you cannot have uh, a sustainable health care system or a sustainable retirement system when you don't have sound money, period. That's a good point. And that's what they're giving us. They right. pump out dollars. Uh, ev- I mean, I don't know how often the printing presses are turned on in Washington, D.C. or the Federal Reserve or wherever the hell that money comes from, but it seems like they never turn them off. Well, they, they don't even have to run the printing presses anymore now. They just click a mouse. hundred that's billion true. this week. Boom. Gone. Oh, my goodness. It is a mess. 1-800-259-9231. Your comments, uh, if you've got them. Here's just a little bit more, since we're on this theme here, from uh, from the AP. U.S. intelligence analysts have concluded al-Qaeda has rebuilt its operating capability to a level not seen since before the September 11th attacks. The conclusion suggests that the group has launched... That launch, the most devastating terror attack in the United States, has been able to rebuild despite nearly six years of bombings, war, and other tactics aimed at crippling it. What is the total amount of billions of dollars that have been spent on the just, just the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan? Isn't it in the hundreds of billions of dollars, like over $400 billion last time I looked, and that was a while back? I would guess at least that. Uh, that's all on the of books. That, all of that money... All of those people dead, estimates ranging from, uh, you know, as high, up as high as 600,000, uh, just all of these innocent people dying, suffering, living in squalor now. They don't have running water. They don't have uh, the infrastructure that they once did. All of this damage and destruction that uh, the U.S. military has caused in the name of supposedly fighting terrorism, and the group is as strong as it ever was. Mm. What well, do you? Go, I mean, they, do you think they're going to radically change their direction, Wayne, and try something a little bit different? You know, I I just I, I always tell people I say, you know, just picture if some other ch- country like China, for example, were to do that to us over a period of many years, especially, we would be as as angry as hornets. We'd be, you know, striking them however we could. We'd be picking up rocks and throwing them at at them. I think I think we are damn fortunate to not have had more terrorist attacks here in the United States. I agree. They just can't get over the pond that easily. Uh, 800-259-9231. So a counterterrorism official familiar with a five-page summary of the new government threat assessment called it a stark appraisal that will be discussed at the White House on Thursday as part of a meeting of blah, blah, blah. The official and others smoke, uh, spoke on a condition of anonymity because the secret report remains classified. Counterterrorism analysts produced the document titled, Al-Qaeda, Better Position to Strike the West. 
The document pays special heed to the terror group Safe Haven in Pakistan and makes a range of observations about the threat posed to the United States and its allies. Al-Qaeda is, quote, considerably operationally stronger than a year ago and has regrouped to an extent not seen since 2001. They're showing greater and greater ability to plan attacks in the United States and in Europe. The group has also created the most robust training program since since with an interest in using European operatives. At the same time, the officials said the report speaks of significant gaps in intelligence, so U.S. authorities may be ignorant of potential or planned attacks. So what they're saying is here, according to what they know, that al-Qaeda is as strong as it's ever been. But there's a lot they don't know, so it could be stronger. So much for taking the fight to the enemy, huh? Yeah. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up anything. It's Steve in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live, listening on WAIS. Hello, Steve. Hey, how are you? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I, I'm listening and, and interested in, in your subject, but I'm wondering, have you heard of anything called peak oil supply? Yes, I've heard of that theory before. What okay. What is it? Can you uh, uh, run it by? Because uh, many of our listeners yeah. may not be aware. What What is that? Peak oil supply is, is the point that we have reached. There is no more oil. We're on the downhill side. Our reserves and, a, and the corporation's economy is based on oil reserves, okay? Um, we've reached the point of no more fossil fuels, and now we're on the downhill. However, the reserves that we had are being depleted much more quickly because the Chinese economy, which some say will be the number one economy in the world in the next 15 to 20 years, maybe even sooner, because it's, it's on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, they're eating the oil reserves at a much faster pace. So what we have is, rather than have a 40-year reserve, that's been cut to a 15-year reserve. Well, if you think about that, pesticides that we grow our food with are uh, based on petroleum, and they're at a 10-year reserve based on uh, everything is based on the reserve itself and the decline of the reserve. So what's going to happen? Well, that's very interesting that you may say that. Um, what happens when a computer that has 20 times its weight in oil or petroleum, we no longer can make those computers. We can't replace the parts. We can't uh, move products. We can't move food. Our economy begins to fall apart. What happens? That is the question. And well, how do we prepare for that? It's an ex- excellent question, and I appreciate you bringing it up, and thank you for the call. I would say that uh, the necess- necessity is the mother of invention. And um, uh, as long as the government doesn't stand in the way of developing new power sources and, and new uh, which they do synthetics and that sort of thing, which they yeah absolutely the government totally insulates the oil industry and uh, there's a lot of protectionism going on there, which has it could be argued is the reason why we don't have really great alternative power supplies right. and sources right now today. So as long as the government doesn't get in the way or rather steps out of the way from uh, from these developing technologies the marketplace will absolutely come up with solutions. We we could have innovated our way out of this already. Uh now I've heard I've heard conflicting opinions about peak oil and and there's no nothing saying that we we've discovered every ounce of oil on earth. It's just the known reserves. It's a good point is what they're is what they're talking about. And of course here in the United States no one's allowed to drill for oil. That's so right. there could be all kinds of oil, and we just can't do anything about it because of the government. That's so right. put your blame on the government. If you look to the government for solutions in this particular case, you're damn well sure not to get them. 
The government cannot solve this problem. Only the marketplace can. Amen. More on the way. You take control. Hour two's come up. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Launching into hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. The place to go. All the features there. Totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again is Freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls to start things out. It is the show about your calls to Joe in Ohio. Listening on WAIS. Hey, Joe. Hey guys, how you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I, I feel like you're scratching the surface about the war, and uh, I guess I, I'd like to quote Deep Throat. Okay. Follow the money. Yeah. I mean, who stands to gain from chaos in Iraq and Afghanistan? The military-industrial the- complex. I think Eisenhower warned us That's about right. that, didn't he? And it wasn't. And it wasn't interesting that he was a former military man himself who was probably well entrenched in that system, and yet he still had the guts to warn the American people about it. And uh, you know where Osama bin Laden went to school, don't you? Uh, CIA? Well, no, he actually he did actually work for the CIA against uh, the Mujahideen, supposedly. That's right. But no, he, he went to both Yale and Harvard. Hmm, okay. True. Uh, you know, look it up. Don't believe me. Um and that's why I say, Al- and you know, invented the term Al Qaeda. Yeah, it wasn't Osama bin Laden who invented that term? I have no idea. You tell me. Alphabet soup. Our, go- our supposed government, the CIA. There you go. And then that, don't believe me. You know, Google it, look it up. Sure, Al- sure. CIA, duh. So but what's all uh... the money and who stands to gain from what's going on right now? It's this uh, the Council on Foreign Relations. The quote-unquote new world order—it's—it's uh, it's a scary bad thing, which is why, like, I don't agree with everything you guys say, and I kind of—I'm a—I always say I'm so right, I'm left, I'm so left, I'm right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm supporting Ron Paul. I'm supporting the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and I would encourage everybody to read the second part of the Declaration of Independence. And I'm sorry I don't have it in front of me to share with you, but. Um, so, the I'm, indictments against George the Third are very similar to what is happening with George the Second, so to speak. Yeah, and that much is true. You're absolutely right. We're uh, we're heading down a very scary path in this country, and I'm with you that I think Ron Paul would uh, bring a quick end to this war on terror. He would withdraw the troops from uh, from hopefully not just Iraq and Afghanistan, but around the world. He hasn't necessarily come out and and been so uh, brazen as to make a statement like that. But I I think that it's pretty safe to say that that's where he stands on that issue. Um, so that would do an awful lot to actually make America a lot more secure. Is yeah. to bring the troops home, to stop meddling in other people's business around the world. And you're right. Uh, the military-industrial complex is benefiting from this whole thing. They're the ones that, that get the money straight off the printing presses, um, and it benefits they them. They're borrowing from our grandkids, yeah, basically, that's right? True. I was just reading the other day, too, that there's actually more contractors, high-paid contractors at work in Iraq now than there are U.S. military personnel. Yeah, I heard that as well. And so, I, I was in the military, think. Uh, I, I joined the National Guard. I was inducted on the day we invaded Grenada. 
Um, I but that. thank God I'm not in the military anymore because I took an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And I feel like it's time for everybody to reread their Bill of Rights and their Constitution and their Declaration of Independence and stand up. I'm Two curious, Joe, when you were in uh, basic training, did they actually yeah. have like a, a constitutional review class where you actually had to read the Constitution or the Bill of Rights? No, not a bit. Yeah, I didn't think but so. But they did. They did. I will say this. I mean, I was told by non-commissioned officers. They said, you know, there may come a time when you get an order that you know is illegal, and you will, you know, you will take the fall for it. In other words, you know, these these NCOs, these non-commissioned officers, sergeants, that take the fall for Abu Ghraib or whatever. No, they were doing what they were told, but they didn't listen in that part of the class. In other words. You know, I was trained to not break the law as a as a you know as a soldier. Okay. And I'm afraid they're not doing that anymore. Two more quick things, though. Yes, sir. Uh, I hope you guys are going to support the Browns. I, I'm like what 900 miles away, so I can't go. I'm not sure if I can make it because my car is not going to be here. I'm looking for uh, to see if there might be a carpool option or something like that. carpool. Yeah, I, I just, there may be some really, people coming here from, from this area or going there from this area, and I might tag along as long as I can get back in time to do my show. Uh, but, yeah, there's going to be a concert up at the Ed Brown household this weekend. It's going to be on Saturday, and it's going to be fairly – I guess they're going to have a few bands, uh, more than one. So, right. And it's all in support of Ed and Elaine, which I think is a, it's a great thing. Now, what was your final point, Joe? Just that we are all community, that, that our constitutional – you know – because you guys are kind of anti-government. I'm not anti-government. I'm for sane, smart government. Well, and unfortunately, you'll never get it. You'll never get it, Joe. Because government well, is not, it, government people, is not sane, we, nor is it smart. And it can't be. It doesn't matter who you elect. The fact is, government doesn't have uh, incentives. Uh, it, it's not sane because it can't respond to market signals. And it's not smart because of those reasons as well. I mean, force, by the way, is also insane. Using force, initiating force on your friends and your family members and your neighbors is just an insane thing to do. So, by definition, government can never be any of those things. But good luck getting it. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. It's a futile futile pursuit yeah you know what i've also noticed is a lot of bureaucrats and, and even politicians have actually misstated that oath that uh, that some of them take in the military take they'll say that they uh promise to defend the united states against all enemies foreign and domestic but the real oath was the constitution so you have to watch interesting that. and there's a big difference between big difference. the constitution and the united states let's right. go to tom in new hampshire you're on free talk live tom hey tom it's about a speech that's on Congressman Ron Paul's website there, his official congressional website there, and he delivered this speech uh, on May 22nd of this year. Okay. What is it? And he says, true patriotism today, uh, excuse me, it's, uh, he goes, see, you, you people like the nonviolent civil disobedience. He refers to that, too. The original... American patriots were those individuals brave enough to resist with force the oppressive power of King George. I accept the definition of patriotism as that effort to resist oppressive state power. The true patriot is motivated by a sense of responsibility and out of self-interest for himself, his family, and the future of his country to resist government abuse of power. He rejects the notion that patriotism means obedience to the state. Resistance need not be violent. 
but the civil disobedience that might be required involves confrontation with the state and invites possible imprisonment. Absolutely, and it invites possible violence on you as the civil disobedience protester. Peaceful, nonviolent revolutions against tyranny have been every bit as successful as those involving military confrontation. Mahatma Gandhi and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. achieved great political success by practicing nonviolence, yet they themselves suffered physically at the hands of the state. I, now, he, here's the clincher. Here yes. is the point I love. He, this is coming from Congressman Ron Paul, okay? Okay. But whether the resistance against government tyrants is nonviolent or physically violent, the effort to overthrow state oppression qualifies as true patriotism. I agree with that, though the state, of course, would say that it qualifies as terrorism. Yeah, that that's right. And see, this, this exactly is, when I was saying stuff like that, then I was catching all kinds of uh, garbage from the news media, you know, trying to uh, carve me up as some kind of a, a crazy idiot, because I was saying that uh, resistance to tyrants is obedience to God and that sort of thing. And uh they didn't seem to like that. Well, I think you should have kept saying things like that, because I agree with you 100% on that one, Tom. And thank you for the call. I appreciate sharing that with us at 800-259-9231. I agree completely. In fact, I think it probably could be argued that uh, nonviolent resistance has been more effective than violent resistance over time. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. <clears throat> I, it's just like the old law, you know, even if you practice, if you watch the law of, or the martial arts of Aikido or Jiu-Jitsu, is that... You can never go up against somebody bigger and stronger than you and expect to win if you try to meet their force with your force. It's right. not going to happen. Because they'll just amp it up. They'll bring more stormtroopers out and uh, crack more heads in as a result of uh, them being opposed with force. We've seen it time and time again. Look what happens whenever someone kills a cop. Whenever someone just kills one cop, the entire squad is activated and there's a man, you know, a manhunt on and the guy who killed the cop never gets to defend himself in court. They always just execute him. And Superman never shows up and neither does Captain America. So yeah. I think uh, nonviolent resistance is the way to go and I agree that uh, resistance to tyrants is something that any liberty-loving American should be doing and be proud to do. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. The bulletin board system included approaching 250,000 posts, approaching 1,600 people interacting, and it's all totally free. Just go to bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And did you, uh, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359 for SACL CAI as we go back to the phones and back to the fun. It's Chuck in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chuck. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's Chuck. on your mind? Uh, well, I'm calling from just north of the immigration checkpoint uh, near Las Cruces, New Mexico. Now, where is that? Well, now, I don't have a map in front of me. Where is that in relation to the border? Uh, well, Las Cruces is about uh, 40 miles north of El Paso, which is, like, on the border. Okay, so this is one of the internal checkpoints we've talked about so many times. Exactly. 
And right. so the checkpoint itself is about 30 miles north of Las Cruces. What about so it? It's, uh, you know, I just went through there. They're pretty lazy. Uh, I'm white, and they just asked me if I was a citizen and then uh, let me go through. And so the whole point of that part of the call was just to let people know that those things are out there and they exist. And for all the jingoist immigration zealots, um, that's what they want to have throughout the whole United States, and that's kind of disgusting. So you got it easy because you're a white boy. Um, do you think it would have been different and you've been a little darker? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my wife works with a lot of Hispanic people because we live in Albuquerque, and it's like half the population. Um, and a friend of hers who had a temporary passport was denied access getting back into the States because, you know, she's Hispanic with a Hispanic name and had to jump through some hoops in order to get back into the States. So, yeah, they harass people who are, you know, dark-skinned. Now, is this one of those permanent installations, or was it sort of a temporary setup? This one's a permanent installation where they divert traffic off of the interstate, and everybody has to go through it. Wow, so it's actually uh, aside from the interstate. The interstate continues on, but they've uh, you, you actually have to leave the interstate for a short period of time? Yeah, exactly. How do they, what do they have, barricades up to prevent you from going straight? Uh-huh. Huh. Wow. It's and very strange. It's how very many, strange. How many? Uh, like, is it like a toll booth sort of a thing where there's several lanes and different bureaucrats there? W- describe it for me. What's it like? Uh, well, this is, isn't a very heavily traveled part of the interstate. Um, so there's just one lane. It starts by having the interstate narrow down into one lane, and uh, then there's barricades that kind of make you exit, uh, just like a normal exit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the speed limit slows down and slows down. Um, and then um, at some of them I've seen where they've had a stop sign, but this one there's just a guy sitting out there. The car in front of you is stopped, um, and there's a bureaucrat standing there in his uniform and all standing up straight, who happened to be a Hispanic-looking guy, oddly enough. Um, and uh, so, you know, you roll on the window, he looks at your car sometimes and asks you, uh, asks me if I'm a citizen, and at some of them they ask me what I'm carrying in my car and where I'm going, um, have you ever had to so, show them any identification? No, they never ask for identification. From you, at so least. They're, they're just really not trying that hard. It's, it's kind of just amusing. But then the most interesting thing, I think, is on the way out, there's a big sign that says, uh, uh, that describes who's running it, the INS or whatever, mm-hmm. and how many pounds of drugs that they have seized. Uh, not how many immigrants they've seized or yeah. how many coyotes they've arrested, but how many pounds of drugs they've seized at that checkpoint. That's what it's so, all about. It's, it's ridiculous. So. Amazing. And you've been through these how many times, would you say? Uh, you know, I go down south from work about twice a month, so uh, 30, 40 times, a lot. So, now you say this isn't a heavily traveled section of interstate, but inevitably there's got to be some uh, activity if it is an interstate. There's got to be truckers on the road and that sort of thing. Are, is there a special lane for truckers? Are they all going through the same place? Everyone's going through the same place. I mean, I've been in line where it's uh, been 15 deep or so, and that's kind of busy, but just one hand in front of me, and that's usually how it is. Do they pull somebody that's aside? It. Have you ever seen somebody being pulled aside and, and harassed extra and searched and that sort of thing? Uh, I've seen cars that have been pulled aside, but I've never seen... Uh, it, it's never been the car in front of me, but there have been cars, and, you know, I've seen the, the dogs and the... Uh, extra bureaucrats kind of, you know, uh, going over cars in an extra special way. So, yeah, I mean, they something kicks these people off sometimes. 
Luckily, it's never been me. As you're driving, and again, you are a white man, so that uh, is a uh, probably a major factor in the the ease of getting through this installation. These things are oh, scattered. Yeah, I'm very white. Too. As I understand it, these installations are scattered throughout the South. There are also ones up on the northern, uh, close to the northern border as well. Again, these aren't border checkpoints. These are in from the border, usually 40 to 60 miles in from the border on a, on some sort of major road. And uh, just exactly, I, and they block off every way out of the major metropolitan areas. So there's no road by which you can leave the El Paso area and not go through one of these checkpoints. Really? Do you have any idea how many of these things there are? I don't think I've ever seen any numbers on them. Oh, I don't know. I just know in uh, coming out of El Paso, there's going to be uh, one, two, three, four, six. There's six different ways to get out of that area. So wow. there will be six checkpoints. That's amazing. I didn't realize it had gotten that uh, it had been that uh, gotten that bad. I suppose. And yeah, it really is. Is that pervasive? Kind of look at the, the map of the border and any way out of any of the metropolitan areas. There's going to be one of these checkpoints. Amazing. Thank you for bringing that to us. And Chuck, we appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Wayne, can you imagine what sort of uh, productivity hit? these checkpoints are resulting in because inevitably if, if what he's saying is true and I have no reason to disbelieve him if you can't leave El Paso and however many other areas down on the southern border and the northern border without encountering one of these immigration alleged alleged immigration checkpoints are really looking for drugs more than anything else but if you can't get out without encountering one of these checkpoints every single vehicle doing business across the state or international or uh, not internationally but uh, but across the country is going to be stopped they're going to be questioned and maybe pulled aside and harassed and searched and, and their time wasted. Even if they aren't pulled aside, they have to sit there in that line waiting behind everybody else. And that's, an, that's, that's just those – are, those are going to be hours and hours, maybe millions if not billions of hours of time that could have been – you know, those truckers could have been getting onto their destination. Those are families that could have been arriving at their, uh, at their vacation spot sooner. This is a tremendous burden to the economy. Yeah, you know, I've also noticed that some of the really savvy investors like Warren Buffett are starting to look at uh, railroads to invest in because uh, because of some of these issues, as well as the higher fuel cost as well. But just think about how fragile our supply chain is in this country to grocery stores and so on. You go to a grocery store and you think that's where the food comes from. Well, no, it no, came it comes from trucks. trucks. And if those trucks are slowed down and getting to the grocery stores, how, what's going to happen to the stock? Well, the stocks, it's going to be harder to get the stock in on time, but also the prices are going to go up because those truckers are inevitably going to be sitting there idling and their engines are going to be running and they're going to be burning more gasoline. And it's not just one or two truckers, it's everyone that passes through these checkpoints and that adds up. That's going to add up to um, more uh, produce costs and other uh, other costs at the grocery store going up. Like I said, the new Soviet Union. Maybe just a few pennies here and there, but again, over time, that's that's a burden, and it's unnecessary. But I'd like to hear from somebody that thinks these things are a good idea. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You 
The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there for you. Dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to, t- uh, to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Well, the answer is very little. But the Prometheus Institute, readpi.com, is looking to change that by implementing practical and innovative solutions to today's most pressing policy issues. Visit readpi.com today. That's readpi.com. Talking about, uh, we were talking about checkpoints and how it is that they exist in America. Many of you living in middle America or on the East Coast or the West Coast may not be aware of this, but if you live down towards the southern border, you live towards the northern border, you may very well have encountered these things. You may very well have uh, been stopped, been harassed. And if you have, would like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But think about how much worse it could get. Because these are already dotted all across the uh, southern and northern areas of the country. I know there's one up uh, near the border of uh, Vermont and Canada, and they're all over the southern border as well. But imagine how much worse they could get. We just had a call come in from Chuck in New Mexico saying that he goes through these things quite frequently uh, for work purposes. And he's luckily a white guy, so they just sort of glance at him, ask him if he's a citizen, and wave him through. I imagine the process is a little bit different for anybody who's got say, brown skin, for instance. I imagine the process is a little more oppressive. Or a foreign accent. Uh, that, or a turban or something like that. Oh, uh, or a funny-looking beard. Apparently Metallica's lead singer was harassed recently because his beard was too Taliban-like or something like that. Uh, but what about if the national ID card comes down the pipe? What about when they make it so this um, real ID thing, If let's, let's say it comes out, even though there are a number of states that are saying, screw you to real ID, let's say real ID does come out the way these scumbags in Washington want it to. Then they implement a new program that says that everyone must show their real ID when they're at one of these checkpoints. So instead of just asking someone if they're a citizen, it will be... You know, you need to have your ID scanned. There's some sort of a scanner. You swipe your ID or they swipe it for you or whatever, and it either gives you the green light or the red light. It's also going to show where you've been, too, because you'll be using it to make purchases wherever you were. So they say, oh, you were up in Montreal. What were you doing up there? I see see you bought a necklace and, uh, yeah, and you bought a new TV. Is that what's in the back in your trunk? Let me see your trunk. The amazing thing is we're almost there, Wayne. Yeah. We we are almost to that point. The checkpoints are there. The infrastructure is there. All they need now is that national ID card to tie everyone into this to the system. And another a national crisis of some kind too. Sure, and an and an excuse. Yeah. But you know, this is incrementalism as well because the first checkpoint so to speak was really the the TSA stuff at the airport. Sure was. And people started getting used to being searched because I think a lot of people at first were outraged, but a lot of people have become numb to that now. Yeah, they just want to get where they're going, and they understand that they have to go through this gauntlet, basically, right. of uh, officious bureaucrats. Let's continue with the phone calls. Talk to – it's Andy in Arkansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Andy, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. Um, I was just wondering uh, – you're talking about the real ID. Uh, Chuck Schumer thinks he's found a way to get around the state's objections to it. Oh, Really? Yes, he wants to, uh, instead of doing it with driver's licenses in the recent immigration bill, he put in an amendment to make it Social Security cards that have to have all this ID on it. Oh, my. Yeah, I yep. can see that as being an effective uh, workaround for them. 
If you use a Social yeah, Security would, card. Well, that's true, but then they're, again, they're going to require it in order to do certain things. The th- remember, the threat on the real ID was that if you don't have the real ID or if your state doesn't participate, then you won't be able to get, uh, to board an airplane. Mm. So they're going to they're going to give you a real incentive to have a social security card. So instead of having to show your ID, you'll have to show your social sec- your new nationalized uh, real ID style social security card in order to board an airplane. And if you don't have it, they'll yep. turn you away. I think a lot of people probably would refrain from flying. I think you're right. I yeah, will. That's what he was trying to do. Uh, the, um, Did he have success with it? Is that something that's uh, in the works it was or what? Tied to the uh, immigration bill that just got shot down. And who was so, it again that did that? Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Is that the same guy that wants the uh, draft to return? No. That's Charles um, Rangel. So. I'm sorry. It's Charles Rangel. Charles Rangel yeah. They all sound the same to me. But uh, so that's that could very easily come back. I mean, that's one of those things that you're gonna you're gonna have to be on the lookout for because they'll just throw it into any old bill. They'll just toss yep. it in. It was completely unrelated to the actual mm-hmm. bill, but he tied it in anyway. That's why the downsized do D.C. Uh, organization has a new law they're proposing called the One Subject at a Time uh, Bill. Yes, right? downsizedc.org, great organization. I know they're getting ready to launch some new features on their website coming soon. and It's uh, way past due time for Jim Babka to come back on the air with us and, and discuss what's been going on with them. But So I, I, can, I can imagine that the Department of Homeland Security is very frustrated by the fact that many states, including New Hampshire, have essentially just shoved this real ID thing right back at them and said, screw you, we're not participating in this. So that's why this uh, Schumer guy came up with this workaround, because because the Department of Homeland Security, they want control. Yeah. And uh, the feds, they, they want more control over your life. And so just just wait. I mean, that's a very creative workaround for them. I'm yeah. not surprised at all. The rats are scurrying. Uh, speaking of Jim Babka and Downsize DC, that's actually where I saw the article on. So, Excellent, Andy. Thanks for bringing it up. Any other thoughts? Uh, no, that's all. Appreciate the call, man. 800-259-9231. Still want to hear from somebody that is a supporter of checkpoints in America, of institutionalized, these big checkpoints, these installations, multi-million dollar government installations being installed on interstates and state roads and wherever the hell else anybody can travel from point A to point B in this country. I want to hear from a checkpoint supporter at 800-259-9231. Surely there's somebody out there within the sound of our voices that likes the idea of showing their papers and being stopped and harassed and detained. And it's, it's only to keep us safe. I'm afraid. Let's go to the phones to the amplifier line. It's Jim in Second Life. You're on Free Talk Live, Jim. Yeah, I would not be one of those callers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just a little quick background. I used to go down, when I lived in California, I lived in Riverside County, and um, I used to go down to San Diego County and and, uh, go to my favorite brewery down there, the Stone Brewery. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of of my friends who were Hispanic didn't want to come with me because on the way back, there was a, uh, a a border checkpoint, um, and it was huge. It, uh, they didn't have booths or anything. You just see uh, you just see the border patrol standing out in the middle of the road, right right between the um, uh, the, 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 the the lane dividers, mm-hmm. and just kind kind of look inside and wave you through and wave you through. I've never been pulled over, but I mean this thing is monstrous. Well, you're it, a it was, white was, guy, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember those too. I went to Tijuana a few times. I would just go through and open up my window and go, we won the big bowl game today. They leave me alone. <laughs> Jim, any other thoughts? Um, no. 
Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. So it's one thing to have a bunch of white guys call in and say, yeah, I've been to the, seen these checkpoints, uh, haven't had any trouble at them. I'd like to hear from somebody who's a little browner and, and hear what their experiences have been like. I would, I would guess they're probably consistently worse. Consistently. Oh, I, I would agree. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Speaking of security, speaking of checkpoints and the like, New York City is preparing another, uh, another layer of security uh, for their citizens, and it's being influenced by London. And if you know what's going on in London, you know there are cameras all over the place. Everywhere. Millions Millions of closed-circuit television cameras dot the landscape of London, England. And, and this is a perfect example, this story, of how bad ideas, tyrannical ideas that one government implements, inevitably spread to other governments, even across the world, even in other countries. These government bureaucrats are constantly on the hunt for new ideas to oppress your freedoms with. I'd like to know how many bureaucrats per camera, or, or how many cameras per bureaucrat. To, uh, I mean, how do they watch this stuff? They can't possibly watch it all. No. It's in, it's not it's not humanly possible to watch all of these cameras, but nonetheless, that won't stop them from putting them up and operating them. They are being recorded, as I understand it, so the, the capability is there to go back and look at things, and they can be watched live. And there are people watching them live, but they can they can only watch so many at a time. So we'll give you the story here from the New York Times about the what they're calling the surveillance veil, a London-style surveillance system that's going to envelop. The Lower Manhattan area in New York City. Ooh. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and you can you can bet this is just going to be the beginning. I'm sure it'll expand from here. More on the way. We'll give you the details coming up. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll free. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live on a voluntary basis, just go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the Free Talk Live Amplifier Program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is very simple. Considering we don't charge you for the website, this is a totally voluntary choice. If you like the show, send us 3 bucks a month, any major credit card accepted, PayPal, other alternative options there as well, at amp.freetalklive.com. The idea is we take the money in, pool it together, and turn it around into advertising the show, to promoting Free Talk Live, to getting the show on more radio stations around the country, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. And the fact is, it's working. Get the details on how the money's being spent. Learn about some of the perks you get access to, like the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only chat room and forum, and more. All the details waiting for you at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. The New York Times reporting, by the end of this year, police officials say more than 100 cameras will have begun monitoring cars moving through lower Manhattan. The beginning phase, so the 100 cameras is the beginning phase, of a London-style surveillance system that would be the first in the United States. The lower Manhattan... So, it must be the whole system that's the first, because there are traffic cameras everywhere. Those are already here. The Lower Manhattan Security Initiative, as the plan is called, will resemble London's so-called Ring of Steel, an extensive web of cameras and roadblocks designed to detect, track, and deter terrorists. 
and I'm sure give out a few tickets at the same time. Oh, yes. Revenue producers. British officials said images captured by the cameras helped track suspects after the London subway bombings in 2005 and the car bomb plots last month. If the program's fully financed, it will not only license plate... It will not. It will include not only license plate readers, but also 3,000 public and private security cameras below Canal Street, as well as a center staffed by the police and private security officers, as well as movable roadblocks. The New York City Police Bureaucratic Commissioner Raymond Kelly said in an interview last week, the area is very critical to the economic lifeblood of this nation. We want to make it less vulnerable. But critics question the plan's efficacy and cost, as well as the implications of having such heavy surveillance over such a broad swath of the city. Though I don't think the city's going to really care about what the uh, critics have to say. What about all the people walking, riding their bikes? Even as, what, what about them? Well, what, what if there's a terrorist with a backpack riding a bike through the city? He's not going to get picked up. In, in theory, they, uh, the cameras would see him, too. They'd see him, but, but like the, the license plate reading technology is pretty powerful technology because yeah. you can pretty much, um, if somebody needs to be flagged for some reason or there's a stolen car or whatever, you can pick it up quickly. But right. um, it, it, nothing is foolproof, and if somebody really wants to attack New York, they're going to find a way to do it. So basically, they're going to be seeing a whole bunch of taxi cabs, because that seems like what there are the most up in New York City. Right, right. Uh, for a while, it appeared that New York could not even afford such a system. Last summer, Mr. Kelly said the program was in peril after the city's share of Homeland Security urban grant money was cut by nearly 40%. But Mr. Kelly said last week the department had since obtained $25 million toward the estimated $90 million cost of the plan. $15 million came from the Homeland Security grants, while another $10 million came from the city. No, no. It all came from taxpayers. Let's let's not try to obscure the information here. All of that money was extracted from you. Coercively. Yes. More than enough, they say, to install 116 license plate readers in fixed and mobile locations, including cars and in helicopters, in the coming months. The readers have been ordered, and Mr. Kelly said he hoped the rest of the money would come from additional federal grants. More tax money. The license plate readers would check the plate's numbers and send out alerts if suspect vehicles were detected. The city is already seeking state approval to charge drivers a fee to enter Manhattan below 86th Street, which we, re- uh, we reported on. They are talking about an $8 fee to enter Manhattan. That's on top of all the damn fees you got to pay to cross bridges and stuff when you're in New York City. Oh, come on. That's a hot dog at Yankee Stadium. Eight bucks is nothing in the city. Well, it would require the use of license. It's something to me coming from outside of the city, a city, and there are a lot of people that come from outside of the city uh, into New York City. And either way, it's still going to add up for people that come in there on a daily basis to do business. That's another large bill that they're going to have to pay every month. Anyway, uh, the so they're try- they're looking for approval on that which will require the use of the license plate readers. If the plan is approved, the police will most likely collect information from those readers, too. But the downtown security plan involves much more than keeping track of license plates. 3,000 3, surveillance cameras would be installed below Canal Street by the end of 2008, about two-thirds of them owned by downtown companies. Now, how's that going to work exactly? <laughs> Next time I drive through New York City, I'm going to drive through a big mud puddle first. Are they uh, going to mandate that companies purchase cameras if they don't already have them? How is that going to function exactly? I mean, inevitably there are already companies that have cameras in their places of business. Are they going to be mandated that they hook their cameras up to this uh, citywide monitoring network? In New York, nothing surprises me. So that faceless bureaucrats sitting in some monitoring center get to look inside my place of business and see what's going on? 
Sounds like 1984, man. It's it's happening right now in 2007. Uh, so 3,000 cameras downtown or south of Canal Street or below Canal Street. About two thirds of them operated by downtown companies. Some of those are already in place. Pivoting gates would be installed at critical intersections. They could swing out to block traffic or a suspect car at the push of a button. Wow. Pivoting gates, automated gates, cameras all over the place. Unlike the 250 or so cameras the police have already placed in high crime areas throughout the city, which capture moving images that have to be downloaded, the security initiative cameras would transmit live information instantly. The operation would cost an estimated $8 million to run the first year. Now remember, whenever government estimates costs, it's always low. See, I'm pinching myself because I think I'm dreaming right now. It's, uh, it's a nightmare, Wayne, uh, yeah. more than anything else. Its headquarters will be in Lower Manhattan, he said, though the police were still negotiating where exactly it will be. Police and corporate security agents will work together in the center, said uh, one of the spokes bureaucrats. The plan apparently doesn't even need city council approval. So these guys are completely autonomous. They can just go right ahead and install 3,000 cameras and monitor them in the city of New York without even going through the government for approval. I mean, not as though they would uh, shoot it down or anything like that, but now there's zero chance that they would shoot it down. I mean, if it went through the city council, at least there'd be a 1% chance that some city councilor would give a damn about the privacy of his residence. Yeah. In this case, they're just going above and beyond all that. The police checks and balances? Who needs it? The police department is still considering considering whether to use face recognition technology, an inexact science that matches images against those in an electronic database or biohazard detectors in its lower Manhattan network. The entire operation is forecast to be in place and running by 2010 in time for the projected completion of several new buildings in the financial district, including Goldman Sachs World Headquarters. There you go. Now, of All course... The money. We also know that government takes a lot longer than they usually expect to, so you can probably expect this to be in by 2015. But who knows? Maybe it'll be fast-tracked and they'll actually get it done on time. Uh, If they throw enough money at it, it will get done eventually. Civil liberties advocates say they're worried about misuse of technology that tracks the movement of thousands of cars uh, and people. So, you know, even the defenders of liberty are just kind of half-assed on this. They're, they're not worried about the fact that the government has access to thousands of cameras or will have access to this uh, huge network of thousands of cameras uh, spread throughout the city. It's just the misuse of it. It's okay. You can have these cameras here, but we just don't want you to abuse them. We don't want you to misuse them, whatever that means. <laughs> Would this mean that every Wall Street broker, every tourist munching a hot dog near the courthouse, and every sightseer at Ground Zero would be constantly under surveillance? According to the New York Civil Liberties Union's lawyer, one of their lawyers, quote, This program marks a whole new level of police monitoring of New Yorkers and is being done without any public input, outside oversight, or privacy protections for the hundreds of thousands of people who will end up in NYPD computers. He said he worried about what would happen to the images once they were archived, how they would be used by the police, and who else would have access to them. Already, according to a report last year by the Civil Liberties Group, there are nearly 4,200 public and private surveillance cameras below 14th Street, a five-fold increase since 1998, with virtually no oversight over what becomes of the recordings. Mr. Brown said that the police department would have control over how the material is used. He said the cameras would be recording in areas where there's no expectation of privacy and that law-abiding citizens, of course, have nothing to fear. But no citizen is truly law-abiding. Every, every individual in this country breaks the law. You find one, right. You find one person who has never broken a law in the United States of America, and I'll show you an infant. 
they're or they're in a coma for right. twenty years. Right. Because if you're out and about doing things, it's inevitable that you're going to break a law. Anyway, uh, still doesn't mean you were hurting somebody either. He said that software tracking the camera's images would be designed to pick up on suspicious behavior. If, for example, a bag is left unattended for a certain length of time or a suspicious car is detected repeatedly circling the same block, maybe you are looking for someone. Or looking for parking. The system will send out an alert, which will then, you know, alert one of the monitoring bureaucrats to suspicious activity. Uh, uh, And, of course, uh, right, uh, they'll call out uh, the cops to go and check it out and... uh, this is happening right now. They're calling it the Ring of Steel. Iron Curtain. Hello. Hour three's coming up. <laughs> Ugh. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, which is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features there are totally free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's Free Talk Live. Dot com. Starting things out by rolling right into the phone calls. Uh, let's talk to Mark in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Mark, hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Can you hear me okay? We got you fine. What's on your mind? Um, I think it was uh, not last Saturday. Saturday before that, a guy was calling in uh, on your guys' show from Mindy talking about the property tax increase here. Oh, yeah. You guys actually are going to have a city property tax, right? Um, yeah. it's uh, Well, it's probably, you know, what cities do. I mean, cities do this and outside surrounding communities follow in suit. Right. Um, I thought it was you know, just a New York City thing. Right now they're talking about, like, uh, Congress going back in session, reassessing the homes and all that. And I'm just like, well... Wake up and smell the coffee, you guys. You, you guys have been paying this already, you know. And you're trying to come to the bottom of this and everything. I'm like, well, in order to come to the bottom, we've got to ask the origin of these concepts. What is taxation, you know? It's um, slavery. Go ahead and not pay the property tax increase, you know. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, it's confiscation. Yeah, don't be, go ahead and don't pay it and then see what happens, right? Yeah, and um, I, wanna, I just want to ask these people, when does it stop? When is your threshold? When are you going to actually have to, God forbid, you know, cancel your golf outings, put down your iPod and stand up for your values, you know, your principles, and say, we've had enough. That's a and fair question. Come, you know, try and take our money from us. See what happens. There's going to be some extremely, you know, major problems here. It's, uh, it's, just, it's insane. Then people, you know, a lot of this is over, um, well, we already have, of course, a Soviet-style education system here. But uh, yep. property taxing, you know, that's what that goes towards. But the rest is for crime. And I'm like, well, you've got to ask yourself, what is a crime? You know, when we got this fallacious uh, war on drugs, it's completely unnecessary. Yep, it's absorbing a ton of police manpower and time. Well, yeah, and I'm like, look, look, you've got cops dying, innocent people dying, people involved in a business transaction, killing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, market prices going through the roof, uh, wasted taxpayer dollars. All this is insane. Yep. Pay attention, people. You know, you just it's just and now people are talking about oh, you know. Democrats are in office now. We won't elect Republicans. They won't raise taxes. Are you kidding? Yeah, they will. Anyone saying that apparently just hasn't ever paid attention to anything that has gone on in the world of politics. Yeah, and when they're talking, oh, we'll have um, protests and uh, debates and forums. Government doesn't care about that. 
they'll just make up whatever you know law or rule they want to and come and arrest you. They could they could care less what you do. You're you damn know? right. You know, I love your question, and I think it's a great question. And I think more people should be asked it, and more people should really have to think about their answer. And that question yeah, is, I mean, what, what, what at what point is is, is, is too limit? much? Yeah, what where is your threshold? Where is your line in the sand? At what point is the taxation too oppressive for you? Because right now we're being taxed at all levels, federal, state, and local. People could make an argument for as at least little as sixty percent, maybe even higher than that. It doesn't seem like it because you don't get the bill for all sixty percent at once. But over time, paying all the different taxes that we do pay, the, these governments are sucking us dry, and it's yeah. never enough. It's always, we need more money for this, more money for that, it, more money for it, this. I, I can tell some of these people, I'm like, stay up in the news, stay up in the news. I've been you know, telling people about you know, the message of liberty, you guys showing all that stuff, and Edney Lane Brown, Ron Paul, and all them. And I'm like, get involved. It's been around you forever now, the last what, 100, 150 years. And I'm just like, it's, once you really realize what's going on, it's hard to be optimistic. It's, it sure. sounds depressing, but it is. We were and, talking. You know, the government finds any reason possible crime because who's going to say, "Oh, we don't," you know, we shouldn't fund crime. Well, no, you got to take a bigger look. What is crime? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How do you define crime? Because there's so many so-called crimes that no one's yeah, being harmed. Everything's illegal. <laughs> yeah, everything's being illegal. And we were talking earlier about about the money too, because your state and your town cannot print money, but the feds can. So what happens when the state and local governments lose their purchasing power? Well, they squeeze you for the money. Right, and then we're all being squeezed out of uh, out of our freedoms and our and our liberty, and it's just disgusting. And and a lot of people are apathetic. They think they can just dodge the government or ignore it as much as possible. But the government doesn't think that way about you. The government's not going yeah. to ignore you. They're going to continue targeting you with more and more oppression, more and more rules, more and more regulations, and more taxation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't stop. They don't. The government never lets go. As long as they got the power, they're not. They're not going to. And whether or not the political parties in charge, it doesn't matter. You know, people are like Republicans are supposed to be for limited government. No, they're not. And Democrats aren't going to do anything about the war on drugs. They're all in cahoots with each other. It's just um, it's they're a... drunk with power. And uh, as long as people are going to be a threat and say, um, come take it from me. You know. It seems like the only difference between the two parties now is is the the flavor of their wealth dist- redistribution scheme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're both tyrannical. One's just more fascist, one's more socialist. That's it. Pretty Other much. Than that, um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's word about reform. I'm, I'm just sick and tired of that one, too. It's like, no, you guys are actually free to do whatever you want, believe it or not. You tell people that, and they're just appalled now. You're like, as long as you don't harm someone or their property, you can really do whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that's um, how it know, should it, be. It gets to, it gets to be, you got to be so principled. I mean, they were talking about the immigration thing here, and there was like a, a protest here with immigrants a while ago, and they were saying they shouldn't be able to do that. And I'm like, well, if the road was privatized, you're right. Technically, they couldn't, you know. And they looked at me like I was a kook. I was like, you guys got to get it for too Right, long. well, it's because um, that's... It's, apathy doesn't pay, you know. It's because that communistic mindset has been so ingrained by this government education system into the American people that people like you and I are looked at as crazy when we talk about returning to private property, when we talk about getting uh, these uh, roads and uh, all these other services, so-called, out of the hands of the state and putting them back into the marketplace uh, and providing them on a voluntary basis. For some yeah. reason, we're the nut jobs for advocating volunteerism, and they're completely for supporting the coercive state. It's so backwards. This country is so backwards from the way it should be. It's really just, it's, it's, it's sad, and I totally sympathize with you and, tr- and understand how you feel, the frustration well, yeah, you feel, which is why I'm in New Hampshire like, now. You know, middle age, um, you know, middle class people, whatever, they're frustrated, and they're like, do I have a right to be? And I'm like, well, of course you are. I'm like, look, at, you know, I tell them, let me ask you this. What would happen if you didn't pay this? You're going to have to allocate certain amount of your funds to this for property tax increase, no matter what the government says. So, um, 
you know, people can protest all they want, but government doesn't care. I mean, that and these uh, public debates on talk radio, government doesn't care about those. Nope. They just laugh, you know. You know, I'd be interested to see what the new assessments on property are going to be when property uh, uh, property values are dropping like rocks all around the country. Well, they're, what they're doing now, I've read, you know, stuff in the um, local media here, and they're talking about, you know, a home at 150000 could be reassessed at 200000 but then there's so many, I mean, people are, are screaming about all this stuff, but it's it's like, well, I, I guess um, what would happen in, I, I guess, like, you know, people can, I guess, give a uh, kind of a, a smart-ass title towards New Hampshire, calling it like Galt's Gulch, you know? They could. It's not quite you know that I mean? yet. Being like a libertarian paradise, but what would you guys do? I mean, because, yeah, protests and public discussions sound okay, but you know, guys know damn well the bureaucrats don't care there. And you guys don't have the sale. or um, and A lot of people here, of course, talking about the national sales tax, the fair, fair tax deal, and you guys don't have um, sales tax or income. You just have property, right? That's, yeah. that's pretty much the case. Yeah, there's a, there's a meal tax here, and there's, there's a tax on buying cars and houses. but uh, Hotel but, rooms. But yeah, generally that's pretty much the basics. What, what would um, what would happen if they decide to increase it? I mean, what what would you guys do? You know what I mean? Well, there's, well, a, there's a lot of tight-fisted people here who won't put up with it because we have a lot of t- we have town meetings here. That's a lot of things are done at the town level. But you know, you do yeah. you can do something about it. You can vote with your feet. That's true. Now, give, let me give you an example of, of something that's been happening here recently. Uh, in, in the area where we live, the Ch- Cheshire County area, there's one particular school board that continues to put the same ballot measure on the ballot over and over again. They've done it something like seven or eight times in the past few years, uh, or couple past couple of years or something like that. And so they keep, uh, they keep putting this ballot measure on, this increasing spending, and the voters keep going out and voting it down. So that's what happens. You're right. The, the, the politicians completely ignore the will of the people, they completely ignore what people want, and they keep putting it up there. Now, they have to do that here in New Hampshire because it has to go through the voters, um, thank goodness. In, in many other areas of the country, they wouldn't have to do that. They would just go and increase their budgets and then increase the taxes. But it just shows you sort of the mentality well, of a lot of the people here in New Hampshire, the small that, government mentality that's good, that still exists. As long as, um, there's some kind of bedrock of law that limits them, like a constitution that says you can't do this. You can't do all these things. Um, you can only do this. <laughs> I, I really like that. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. I don't know much about limited the... Limited by some kind of document, you know? I don't know. We all know how well documents limit governments. Just look at the Constitution and the federal government. Yeah. So even but if it's... Where, I guess that's where really vigilant, like, populists would have to be... Um, yeah. That's really what it is. Where libertarians are moving there to keep government smart. Right. That's really what it is, and that's the critical factor here in New Hampshire. We just have more people that care here. We have more people that are willing to be activists, and more are moving in every single day as part of the Free State Project. And great call. We really appreciate you making it, Mark, and hope to hear okay. from you again. 800-259-9231. That's why I'm here. Because I was sick and tired of having my efforts diluted down in Florida, having virtually no one to be aligned with on a pro-liberty front. And there's so many people here, I can pick and choose my battles. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features completely free, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version of the show, both available free at FreeTalkLive.com. And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to D2Z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's D2Z.org. So we just got off the phone with Mark in Indianapolis, and 
Could you hear the uh, the frustration in his voice? Oh yes, he, I, 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 that's how I felt when I lived in California. He was sick and tired, sick and tired of this government insanity, continuing to do what it always does best, and that is grow, get bigger, more intrusive, more oppressive, more expansive than it ever has been in the past. And and I think it really is an important question, and I would that he asked, and I'd like to ask it again, and ask you to respond at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What's your breaking point? At what point of taxation has it become too much? Local taxes, state taxes, federal taxes, whatever. You're being burdened by the, the state governments. And, of course, somebody will get inevitably get on the air and say, well, we're getting services for these uh, taxes. I feel like I'm getting services. I'm sorry. That's fine if you're getting your services. You can go ahead and pay your taxes if it makes you feel good. But I don't feel like I'm getting good value for my money. I don't feel like, in fact, I don't even want their services. I don't want the services of the federal government. I've never uh, contracted to uh, utilize their services. I don't, I'm not interested in it. I, uh, I'm not interested in supporting their bureaucracy and the, the awful, e- evil, terrible things they do in, in your name with your dollars. I don't want any of their so-called services. The IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, I, I don't feel like being serviced by you guys anymore. Thanks, but no thanks. Goodbye. State services. I mean, I'm not really interested in anything the state government has to provide either. Now, the local government say, you know, they build some roads. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Some of them I, pick up the trash. Some of right. them fix the potholes. I, I pay gas taxes. I pay my property taxes because I understand that some of that money is going to the. But, I, you know, mo- the federal government, I have no use for it. So I want to know from you, at what point will you feel like uh, Mark in Indianapolis? At what point will you be pushed too far at what point will you stand up and say enough is enough what can i do to stop this insanity 800-259-9231 let's go to gene the christian anarchist on the amplifier line in tennessee hey gene hey gene hi i wanted to explain to you guys how this uh surveillance society is going to come about okay and uh i've said for years now that technology is both our greatest friend and our worst nightmare yes you're right about that um uh, as long as I can control my computers and my surveillance systems, they're fine. And uh, currently, I mean, even in my home, I have a DVR with some cameras set up. Mm-hmm. So every place you go nowadays, you are on somebody's camera. You can't go fill up your gas tank. You can't go to the bank. You can't go to Walmart or even the convenience store. Well, now that's okay because I feel good about being under surveillance at private businesses because I understand I'm under surveillance to help keep costs down by preventing theft and help keep me safe in the parking lots, that that sort of thing. That's fine, and and let me tie all this together here. Now, you go to the doctor, and most, uh, probably about half of the doctor's office these days have what's called an electronic uh, file system. They no longer keep paper files on you. When you go in, everything is electronic. Mm-hmm. So in their computer system, in their office, under their control, are all of your medical records, what you've been in for, you know, what you've said to the doctor in, com- in uh, uh, confidence. confidence. Everything that you have is in those files. Now, some, you know, a good portion of doctor's offices haven't yet converted, but they will. It's only a matter of time. Okay. Because it's it's efficient, it's very nice, it, it's a nice tool for them to have. Oh, we now, already know the feds are after that information, we already know okay. that much. Well, here's all they need to do now. Once all these things are in, everybody's got their little DVR systems with their cameras, they've got their 
electronic files, uh, electronic bank records, electronic medical records. Those are all privately controlled. Now, all the government does, it doesn't cost them a penny. And, again, it's not the government, and I hate to use that term, because all the people that are in power have to do is pass some phony baloney law and write it down on a piece of paper and scare everybody into thinking that now they have to hook all of their systems up to the Internet and make them accessible to the government. Now, the government... Right. That's what they're will, talking about doing in New York with the uh, the cameras in the businesses. Right. So it doesn't cost them anything. Now, nobody... No, they'll, they'll put the cost burden on the business owner. They'll say, you either right. comply or you'll be fined. One well, of the and most, most businesses won't have any cost because they've already got the systems in place. Well, it'll take... Now, that depends because some of the surveillance systems are fairly antiquated. Uh, you're dealing with uh, closed-circuit television systems, cameras that are just routed into a uh, time-lapse... Uh, VCR, right. that's going to take those, some conversion and some and those, hardware upgrades. Those will need a hardware upgrade, but most systems now are DVRs. So, uh, but most DVRs really aren't Internet-ready. But they will require an Internet-ready card or whatever to your DVR so that they can remotely control your machine. Now, nobody's going to look. That nobody has the time to look at 29 billion cameras. Nobody can do that. But what they can do is when they know that you made a credit card transaction on a certain date in a certain place, if people keep their DVR records for, say, two weeks or whatever, they can go back and draw that information from that person's DVR, look at who's doing what, and, I mean, they can keep all of your financial records. They know everything you've purchased, every place you've been. They will, I mean, this surveillance society is less than, uh, five years away, I think. You know, within five years, we're going to have the surveillance society that's going to make everybody's worst nightmare. The government will, or Bush and his buddies, will pass. Along. Well, now it may be five years away in big cities like New York or L.A. or something like that. I think it's going to be a little bit longer before smaller areas of the country uh, follow suit. But I, th- well, I can definitely records, agree with you instance, in general. Medical records, for instance, they already file all claims electronically. Right. That's all available through the, you know, the government can snoop on all those things so they know everything you've done. And, of course, they're doing everything they can to dissuade people from using cash and that sort of thing and uh, using credit and, and, and encouraging them to use credit cards. And that way, they're, and they're absolutely everything they do is tracked. Right. And your tax records and all that are all going to be okay. But, Gene, Gene, if you don't have anything to hide, then what are you so concerned about? Oh, well, I've got a bit to hide, and I think everybody does. And I don't think that that's a very good argument, and people need to realize that there's a reason for privacy, and privacy is because everybody's imperfect. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does those things that they don't want anybody else to know about, just like those that DC madam in her phone list. I downloaded all those just for the heck of it. I don't know why. I'm never going to use them, but I want to have those numbers just in case somebody tries to, you know, Right. Manipulate the data and stuff. The more people that have that on their computers, the better. And another important factor about privacy, and Gene, great call. Thanks for making it. 800-259-9231. Another important factor about privacy is that even if you really aren't doing anything wrong, or rather against the law, because there are many things that are against the law that aren't necessarily wrong, but even if you aren't doing anything that's against the law today, 
That doesn't mean that people with different political interests and motivations won't get elected and then change the law to criminalize the behavior that was completely legal a day beforehand or last year or whatever, and then make it so that you are doing something that's against the law when the uh, security veil, as they're calling it in New York City, is already down upon you, and they make those changes, then you're caught. You're screwed at that point. So even if you aren't breaking the law, you should stand up for the privacy of others. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airways via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And still curious about what your line in the sand is. At what point has enough become enough? At what point has the government grown far too large and uh, to the point where you're willing to stand up and do something about it? 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wade. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features that we uh, give them away. The updates are included. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates. .freetalklive.com. If we get a chance, I want to talk about the insane new smoking bans that have been proposed in two California, uh, two, uh, two towns or cities in, in California. But first, I want to go to a phone call or actually a voicemail message. We had a call last night. Wayne, you weren't here, but we were talking about a variety of different things that were stemming from sort of police corruption and inevitably ended up touching on the war on drugs and, you know, uh, different topics that stem from that, that main issue. And um, Nikki called in from our new affiliate out in Santa Cruz, KSCO out there, and she was pretty upset. Nikki uh, did not like what she heard. She's, I guess, a former security officer, has worked with the cops. Uh, She didn't like us talking bad about her friends in the police. And uh, she didn't really want to have much of a conversation with us when she called in. She just wanted to say her piece and sort of move on, which kind of bugs me, because when you're calling a talk show, it's not supposed to be a lecture panel. It's supposed to be... You know, a conversation. An exchange. Yeah, and ideas being uh, transferred between one and another. You don't have to necessarily agree, but let's talk. Well, apparently Nikki called the uh, the station's comment line and left a message. And uh, I was passed the message by a station the station manager and owner, Michael Zwirling. And I wanted to make sure with him. I said, well, wait a, wait a minute, Michael. I'm not going to put something like this on the air. He didn't suggest I put it on the air. I asked him if I could. And I said, I want to make sure I've got permission because if there wasn't a disclaimer on this comment line that said this call could be used on air, then I'm not going to do it. Then I'll just talk about the call. But there was that disclaimer. So I want to play for you Nikki's allegations, the call that she made to the uh, – the, the compl- it's not a complaint line. It's a comment line. In fact, when you call the comment line, it specifically says, we at KSCO are not taking complaints anymore. Thanks very much. So it's interesting how she starts her complaint. Here it is. Hi, Michael. I'm not trying to complain necessarily, but this is Nikki, and I called up this radio program that was on here. I think they're coming out of um, – being broadcast through Minnesota – uh, from the East Coast somewhere, New England, or some kind of thing. I don't know. Um, if there's any way that you can refill that spot with something else, gosh, um, I hope that you do, because the type of things that they are spreading is that all drugs are okay. Police. Okay. I'm going to have to rebut that one, first and foremost. 
have you ever heard me say on this show, Wayne, that all drugs are okay? No. I can tell you, I didn't say it last night. I've listened to last night's episode. Pretty sure I didn't say it. I've reviewed it. Uh, and I understand where Nikki's coming from on this. I think she's a brand new listener. We've been on the air for all of a week and a half there in, in Santa Cruz. And I can understand because when you come across these ideas for the first time, they, they're pretty iconoclastic. They're pretty idea-destroying. Uh, That's what iconoclasm right. is. Well, they say that in times of universal deceit, that telling the truth is revolutionary. Right. And so we were talking about, and she accused us last night of being one-sided, because we were talking bad about the cops, uh, talking about some of the, the awful things that some police officers around the country have done. And, and okay, are we one-sided? Well, I have my opinions about the police, but we always take calls from anybody that has anything they, that, you know, they want to say about the cops. Yeah. It's not like we're screening out uh, pro-police calls. We take calls, calls from police officers on this show. We've done that in the past. So it's not a one-sided thing. It's just that the, um, the, the side of the story showing the cops as corrupt doesn't get reported on enough. So, really, one could make the argument that the news media in general is pretty one-sided toward the police by lavishing them with praise and very rarely critiquing yeah. them and that sort of thing. And glorifying them. And, you know, I think most of us listening, including myself, have had positive experiences with police officers and negative. If you've ever gone to traffic court, I've had, I've had police officers lie in traffic court. Sure, cops lie all the time. Now, I don't want to yeah. get d- deep into the cop issue again, because we yeah. hit it heavy last night. Yeah. But I wanted to rebut her claim that we, we said that all drugs are, are okay, that all drugs sh- are, are good. And uh, no, that's not the case. I've never advocated that, uh, that people use drugs on this show. What I did say last night was that the government has lied about ecstasy. And that's true. As far as what I can tell, as far as the, the research and the independent reporting that's been done on it, ABC News did an excellent mainstream report on ecstasy a few years ago. I think it was in the early part of, uh, of this decade. And it was, a, it was a Peter Jennings report. And they really covered both sides of the coin. They interviewed the DEA and they interviewed some people that uh, you know, knew a little bit more than the DEA did about, about that particular drug. Did I advocate its usage on the air? No, I specifically said I'm not recommending it. But I'm not going to be dishonest and claim I didn't use, I haven't used it. I have, and so that's that's just it. Sometimes people they just want to close their ears to the real world, close their eyes to the real world, and and pretend like these things aren't going on. Like we were talking about uh, high school and college parties last night, and Nikki had called in to advocate that the government should be going in to shut those things down. That that's a good thing. That you know, arresting college kids and and high school kids for having a little bit of fun is a desirable thing, and I di- I respectfully disagree. I think that it uh, that arresting kids for that sort of thing for underage drinking and the like just engenders disrespect and hatred towards the police. Yeah. And if the police want want respect, they need to start treating young people with respect. Well, I see a lot of congressmen getting pulled over and busted for uh, causing car accidents from being drunk behind the wheel. Sure. We hear about that all the time. Man, then they get a slap on the hand. They get a slap on the hand, but the college right. kids who can ill afford to even fight these things get arrested, even if they're trying to be responsible and, and drinking in their in their uh, dorm room or something. I've never said on this show in the past. All drugs are okay. Police. Never said that all drugs are okay. Mm-hmm. I've said that I have said that I understand that kids and adults will do drugs regardless of their legal or illegal status. And because I realize that, because I understand that the war on drugs is completely futile and a tremendous waste of police time, resources, and taxpayer dollars, and waste of lives for those people that get caught up in it and get arrested and thrown in jail cells and their lives ruined, 
beyond all of that, I have advocated that people be safe about the drugs that they use because I'm a realistic person. I know people use drugs. I know people who use drugs. They're upstanding members of society. They're uh, productive members of society. And one thing's for sure, they will not be producing if they're in a jail cell. Yeah. See, I I think I've mentioned this to you before, Ian, that I personally don't believe in putting things like that in my body. However, I can see very clearly that the war on drugs is hurting and and killing more people than the drugs themselves. There's no doubt about it. And there's a lot of drugs that are are being aggressively um, eradicated all the time that actually, if they were legal, some of the real nasty ones like crystal meth wouldn't even be around. It's true. One could very easily make the case that crack cocaine would never have come into existence if it were not for the war on drugs. Yeah, if you, could, if you were allowed to just chew on coca leaves, you know, that's what they do in South America. They serve them in bars. So I advocate on this show that people who are going to use drugs do so carefully, that they do their research. They go to great websites like arrowid.org and read up on the things don't don't just take the government's word for it yeah in some cases these drugs really are bad crystal meth bad bad news crack cocaine bad news awful uh but you know some of the in some of the cases they're overblown some of the cases the claims are just completely based on false information studies that were funded by the government to find out you know exactly what the government wanted them to find out that sort of thing it be objective about it look at all the information out there and don't just stop and say well the government must be right about these things it's the government no, it's the government. They're known for lying. Right. And many many people believe that the reason why marijuana was originally um, criminalized was actually to get hemp out of the way because you had these special interests who owned timber. Industry. And industry, right, that wanted hemp gone so they could use they could sell their cotton right. or their timber. That's the backstory they don't tell you in government high school. Right. And it's absolutely legitimate. It's researchable. It's traceable. And it's it's historical. So that's the perspective I take on drugs. I don't advocate that people use drugs, but I understand that people do use drugs and will continue to use drugs. In fact, America, uh, by and large, loves its drugs. Look at America. Look at all the alcohol they consume. You don't think that's a drug? It alters your state of being. Cigarettes, too. Cigarette, Nicotine, caffeine, marijuana. Those are the four most popular recreational drugs in the country. One of them's illegal for everyone. The others are illegal for certain people in age ranges. And... All of them are being used by whoever the hell wants to use them, regardless of the fact that they're facing jail time for it. Let's talk about reality. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, and more of Nikki's message coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. It's the place to go. You like the show. You want to help support Free Talk Live and shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, you know them. They're the world's largest internet retailer, 41 categories to shop, and everything from their huge selection of books, all the way to their brand new grocery store. That's right. They sell groceries at Amazon now. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, enter through that portal, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So you've got to do the shopping anyway. You might as well do it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We're in the middle of uh, playing a voicemail message that was left on the com 
comment line at one of our affiliate stations in Santa, the Santa Cruz, San Jose area, uh, KSCO, from a caller that called the show last night. She was very upset uh, at us, pretty upset at us last night, and seemed, seemed as though she was even more upset when she called the comment line. But she uh, she completely misrepresents our positions on, on the issues, and it's understandable. She didn't even know where we were broadcasting from, so it's clear she hasn't been listening for very long, nor has she been listening very carefully. And when, you, when you're emotionally invested in your positions, whatever your viewpoint is, when you've got that emotional investment and somebody is out there on the radio challenging your viewpoints, it can be very difficult um, when you're that deeply in, dug in, to really to really comprehend and understand what it is the person on the other side of the radio is saying to you. And these ideas take a long time to sink in. I mean, it took me seven years of reading and 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 learning and understanding before I until I got to the point where I am today, Wayne. I'm sure it's been quite a process for you as well. Yeah, definitely. When did you discover uh, these principles, and uh, and how long did it take you to really come to understand them? You know, real, the light bulb went on for me when I lived in California, and I could see that I could see that the socialist state was uh, far more advanced there than it was in places I'd been previously. Mm-hmm. And in Hawaii, to some degree, too, there were a lot of regulations, a lot of anti-business regulations there. But California, I always felt like the state was looking down my, my over my shoulder about everything. And when was that? When were you in Cali? Uh, I was in Cali from the late 80s to the late 90s. And then when would you say you would really sort of took that and, and developed that mindset to the point where you're at today? I mean, has it been a constant process, or was there a point where you can say, yeah, I reached this seven years ago or whatever? Well, I think it's been an ongoing process, and, and it also you go through periods when you have a family and you have other things you have to do, where you go through periods where you do a lot of studying and researching, right. and, and then you have other times where you have to kind of set it aside and get some other things done. Right, and of course, the more you listen to Free Talk Live, the more different issues you'll hear us address, and inevitably you're going to agree with us on some things. Inevitably, you're going to say, yeah, right on, I'm totally with you, and hopefully you'll be able to take that agreement, extract the principle of, uh, of non-initiation of force from it, and learn how to apply that to other issues mm-hmm. that we might not have even talked about or that uh, you might not have even come across before. So as you listen to more Free Talk Live, you'll, you'll come to understand that. But in the very beginning, inevitably, there's going to be a very emotional backlash from some people, some listeners, who just don't get it. Um, they haven't taken the time to really think it through. And it's, it's, a, it's a message that needs to be repeated and thought about over time. So I understand yeah. where Nikki's coming from in her frustration, and I understand how she misinterpreted what we said. And I want to play just a little bit more of her, uh, of her message here as we respond to it. This was left on KSCO's uh, listener voicemail. Thing. All drugs are okay. Police should never be allowed to arrest young people for anything. Okay, I didn't say that either last night. I want to make right. sure very clear here. I didn't say police shouldn't be a, 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 able to arrest young people for anything. If a young person is harming another person or doing damage to property, stealing something, uh, you know, hurting someone else or their property. Go get them. Go after them and throw the book at them, okay? Get, make them pay restitution. Make them uh, make good on the damage that they've done. That's absolutely fine with me. But if a young person isn't harming another person, if a young person is smoking a joint, if a young person is drinking alcohol, if a young person is having sex, you know, if a young person is gambling, these are all things that do no harm to others. Now, one could make the argument that the person's harming himself. Okay, fine. You can make that argument. But individuals should be free to choose for themselves what they do with, them, with their life, what they put into their bodies, so long as they don't bring harm to others. 
Now, if you don't like what kids are doing and you're a parent, well, it should be your responsibility to keep tabs on them and understand what they're doing and effectively communicate to them that what they're doing you disagree with uh, with is wrong and that you'll be punished internally within the family for, you know, removing privileges and that sort of thing. But please, I'm not interested in funding uh, the arrest of young people for doing things that don't hurt others. That's not something that interests me. I don't think it makes society better. I think it makes it worse. I think that when you raid a college party or a high school party where people are, are drinking underage, it just it puts kids in uh, – they hate the cops when those things happen, and uh, that sort of mentality will prov- uh, just continue throughout the rest of their lives. That's right, and you're creating this cycle of victims and aggressors back and forth, back and forth. Yep, um, and it's not going to stop them. It doesn't stop them. If you if you raid one party, they just go to a different party the next weekend, and they're a little more careful about who they invite, and they're a little more careful about you know who is uh, who is attending and and that sort of thing. They just they just put it they just dig deeper underground. Uh, just like with raves, for instance, a lot of people get very upset about people that go to raves. Oh, these kids are dancing and having fun. We can't have that. Uh, well, when you make raves illegal, as many towns and areas in the country have done, when you make them illegal, you drive them underground. They don't go away. They just go to, you know, uh, shoddy locations, dangerous areas, industrial zones with, you know, scummy people around in warehouses, which could be, you know, not fire safe and not have uh, the correct plumbing. I mean, who knows? All kinds of dangerous things can happen. These underground promoters don't provide water at their events. They shut off the sinks in the bathroom so kids can't get water. So they dehydrate themselves when they're on the drugs that they inevitably are going to take. They dehydrate themselves. They can't get water, and they can't they can't help themselves uh, feel better, and they can't live through the experience because you've made it illegal for them to have the fun they want to have. Mm. So please, can we just get a grip on reality and understand that these things are going to go on whether or not they're illegal? And can't we just help kids understand what's right and what's wrong without threatening them with a jail cell? Can't we just be a little more creative than that? That's all I'm talking about. Anyway, just to play the rest of her message here. Um, oh, oh, I hope you listen to today's show. It, it's, oh, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Even the people on your staff, they, they were so irritated by hearing what these guys were saying. So, oh, my. Isn't uh, that interesting? She actually apparently speaks for the entire staff of the KSCO radio station. How many people do you think that she interviewed on the staff before she made that statement? Mm. One? It's, it always sounded like she was painting with a pretty broad brush before yeah. that statement. Well, anyway, Nikki, I hope you're listening this hour, and I hope you continue to listen to Free Talk Live. If it infuriates you, all the more reason to listen. But inevitably, you're going to find things you agree with us on. And if you've been agreeing with us on a lot of things, inevitably, you're going to find something you disagree with us yeah. on. And stick with us and call in if you disagree. We love hearing from uh, from dissenters. Isn't it funny how we become this country's become so polarized that as soon as somebody hears one little snippet of something they disagree with, they automatically assume that person's a member of the other party. The other party, right. Which not, none of us are members of any any of those parties. That's right. Uh, the, the big two. Let's continue uh, with the calls. Let's go to Steve in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live. Steve, what's on your mind? How you doing today? Great. What's up? Hey, just wanted to talk about the illegal drug situation. Yes, sir. And it's pretty sad, you know, with the marijuana. I mean, kids shouldn't have it, but... But they know, do. Yeah, they're, they're going to get it, and the, the means they go to get it, it's going to be in an environment where... Other drugs are going to be available. Absolutely. And possibly marijuana is not going to be available, so they'll take whatever they can get. The government's own Institute of Medicine study in 1999 
found that the reason why marijuana is a gateway drug, if it can even be called that, and they said it's not a gateway drug, but the reason why it is is because it's sold in concert with other hard drugs by drug dealers who are interested in pushing the harder stuff on young people, and you're absolutely right about that, Steve. Yeah, and, you know, if it was in the store sold legally, it would, you know, it would be a gateway drug, but to things like cigarettes and alcohol, it wouldn't be, you know, associated with, you know, hill, hillbilly heroin and um, methamphetamines and things like that. So Dead on accurate, Steve. You know, they just, I don't know, they need to stop hurting us and help us. So. They really do. They're not helping. 750,000 people were arrested for marijuana last year in this country alone. That's the pop, that's greater population than many states have. None of those people were helped. They were just helped out of their money and helped into a jail cell, and it doesn't do a damn thing to make their lives better. Thanks for the call, Steve. Appreciate it. Let's roll into uh, Dave in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Dave hey, in Dave. Georgia, going once. Do we have Dave? He's up. Dave and George are going twice. I heard him. Well, goodbye, Dave. Thanks for the uh, the attempt. But Steve's absolutely right about that. Having drugs be illegal means that people in search of illegal drugs, l- the lighter stuff like marijuana, are inevitably going to come in contact with drug users and drug dealers who are utilizing the, the more hard uh, products. And more expensive, too. Oh, more I don't have any ex- pot yeah. today, but I, I do have this crack. You want sure. some of that? First hits free. Yeah. And that's how it really works. Yeah. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. We will return, not Wayne, but uh, Toby will be joining us again tomorrow night. And, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. And, Wayne, thanks for uh, sitting in for uh, for Mark tonight. Appreciate it. No problemo, amigo. And uh, we will see you again online tomorrow night. In the meantime, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.